Hey, welcome to the First Two Entrepreneurs podcast, where we feature first responders that are also entrepreneurs or running business on the side. We are here to showcase these businesses, but also talk about the difficulties running a business while being a first responder. My name is Ryan Ballard, and I'm your host. Um, in today's show, I'm super excited to welcome Don Pemberton and Jennifer Anderson. Welcome to the show. Thank you. Yeah. So great to be here. Awesome. So Don and Jennifer are with First Responder Coaching. Uh, we got connected on uh, Facebook through a Facebook group. Um, I saw a little bit of what uh, Don was posting. I'm happy um, he reached out to be on the show. I want to learn a little bit more about the coaching program, your entrepreneurial journey, um, you know, how it integrates with the fire service and the difficulties and successes that you guys have had running a business while also managing your managing your career. So I think uh, we'll get a lot of value out of this episode, especially the coaching aspect um, in the fire service nowadays, which you guys are very, very aware of. Uh, mental health is a huge aspect of our of our jobs right now and the more information that we can get out to people in the fire service and this could be people in any um any first responder um any first responder in general right so police Mm -hmm. fire military dispatchers um you know what what have you so uh, we'll dive right in here what uh tell us a little bit about the business so Don, I'll take that to start with. Um, so again, Jennifer Anderson, um, my husband was a police officer here in Massachusetts for 15 years when he suffered a mental health break back in 2018 that led to a six-week six week hospitalization. Um, and so at that point, I had no resources. There were no culturally competent you know, therapists or anyone in the, in the area that could support, you know, provide support um, for our family. So I actually turned to coaching back then as a way to help us move through those challenges um, in that life. Um, You know, how do I become the wife, the mom that I needed to be in order to support our family moving through his hospitalization and, you know, his inability to adult, his inability to parent, his inability to to function. Um, And so coaching really allowed me to set some goals for ourselves and our family and help me strive through and move through them um, in really positive and awesome ways. So fast forward about a year and a half later, uh, I was approached um, by a gentleman who is ICF and Erickson certified, um, who's been doing life coaching for a number of years and asked if I was interested in learning how to coach. Jumped at the chance and uh, after a nine month course became life coach certified. Again, sat on it for a little while and then launched Blue Line Coaching on Valentine's Day of last year. So uh, blue line coaching was really, again, my, my niche of, of spouses in our law enforcement world, um, connected with the National Police Wives Association and also connected with some of the spouses of the Capitol Police officers. As you can imagine, they needed some support you know, last year, and I was honored to be able to bring that to them. A few of them asked if they could learn how to coach as well. So we launched a coach certification course. And since then, it has really expanded um, to 36 coaches across the United States um, and, you know, touching base and talking, having these positive, proactive conversations about mental health and wellness um, has been our mission. Uh, You know, why are we waiting for trauma to happen? 
um, and be reactive when we should be proactive and have some conversation before so we build the tools necessary so that when trauma happens, you're able to move through it in positive ways instead of turning to other coping mechanisms, as we can imagine, you know, bottle, et cetera. But, um, but that's our mission. That's our goal. So after being in, in education for 17 years, I resigned from my teaching job last uh, August and um, I've been pursuing first responder coaching because we obviously saw the need beyond our, our law enforcement spouses. Um, and that's kind of where DJ comes into play. That's where I connected with um, Keith Hanks, our director uh, at our director level. He has been doing phenomenal work in terms of um, yeah, smashing the stigma um, and, and getting word out there that we need to take a different approach. Um, and again, bringing DJ here on, I'm so honored to be having these conversations. His life coaching, his experience is a little bit different than mine um, in terms of, of, of how we got here, but now to be combined and growing in the same direction and, um, and supporting each other through this mission, I think is so, so honorable. So, so amazing. So thank you. Yeah, that's amazing. Um, before we jump into, uh, DJ here, I want to comment on a couple of points you made. So it's sometimes the, the spouses are forgotten. Thank you. In this whole in this whole scenario, right? Obviously, there's a lot of focus on law enforcement, the actual officer, the actual firefighter, the actual dispatcher, military, you know, whoever it may be, because yes. we're ultimately the ones uh, under the trauma, right? Seeing the trauma, seeing the things that we see on a daily basis, but that a lot of times it transfers home, unfortunately, right? As much All as we try, yeah, and as much <laughs> as we try to keep it, you know, at work as best we can. It, it happens. And unfortunately, sometimes it's taken out on our spouses and to be able to support them as well is, is amazing. Um, and I'm, I'm super, super happy that you started, uh, going down that road. Cause that, that is, uh, you know, that's amazing. Um, that was the original original mission. And then realizing that, you know, all first responders across again, disciplines and, you know, the first responder themselves, um, needing that support was, absolutely realization we needed to, to pursue yeah absolutely um don but uh take it away let's uh i want to hear your side of the story sounds good so i am a fourth generation firefighter i uh i knew that i was going to be a firefighter when i was in high school and uh, i was such a nerd that i even stapled one of those red fire hats to my cap and gown and so um i was that weirdo walking th down the uh, okay. down the aisle of graduation with a fire helmet on there but uh, I grew up in Northern California, just south of San Francisco, a little town called Half Moon Bay. And uh, my dad's a commercial fisherman. My mom's a professional wedding photographer. And uh, I grew up understanding what hard work was working on a fishing boat. And uh, I knew that as soon as I graduated high school that I wanted to become a volunteer firefighter. So I did. I uh, went to the community college, got my firefighter one EMT, went to get my degree. I completed an associates in fire technology, went off to paramedic school, uh, became a paramedic to work three years in a really busy system in the South uh, San Francisco Bay Area and Santa Clara County. Um, did a lot of growing up, ran a lot of calls in Santa Clara County, and then got hired back full time with Half Moon Bay Fire. Uh, I had gotten a phone call from the Alameda City Fire Department uh, about uh, six months into working for Half Moon Bay. It was a larger department. It was greater opportunity. So I made the shift over there. And then about... 
12 years ago. Um, so after being in, in uh, Alameda for about four years, my, uh, my mother-in-law, she bought a house in the Southern Utah area and just uh, came out to visit, absolutely fell in love with Southern Utah. And so now uh, my wife and three daughters, we live in Southern Utah and I've been a firefighter paramedic for the city of Henderson Fire Department for about uh, 12 years now. And so uh, that's kind of my, my journey, what's got me here. Um, yeah. My decision to become a life coach uh, was one that I was kicking around for probably about the last six months before um, the uh, before the uh, start of the year. And uh, part of our development process in our fire department is having a leadership institute. And the leadership institute really focuses on your why. Why are you a firefighter? Why are you you know, you know, starting, starting with the end in mind, the Covey type thing, starting with your why, all those types of things. And I've never been a per person that has walked by a problem. You know, that's one of the things they teach you in the fire service is that if you're, if you see a problem, you fix it, you address it. And I was looking around my fire department, I was looking around the nation and I was seeing first responders that struggled across the nation. And unfortunately, for for several years now, there have been more firefighters that have taken their own lives than have died in the line of duty. And we all know how dangerous being a first responder is. And so for the greatest danger that we can face to be at home uh, is is scary. And, you know, I was, I was thinking about this and I, I wrote something down and I said that uh, the most dangerous place on earth for a first responder is to be at home alone with no one to support them in a time of emotional crisis. And that has that proven it, that has proven itself over and over and over again. And so, um, so at the end of the year, last year, I, I finally uh, decided that this is, this is the, the course that I want my life to take. I want to be able to help people because I've always been that guy. I've been that guy, that guys have said, hey, you got a minute? Let's, let's sit on the tailboard. Let's sit on the, uh, uh, let's stand in the, in the back of the station and let's just you know, solve the world's problems. Let's, let's chat it out. Let's see what we can do together. And now, having been through uh, a, a professional life coach program, uh, intensive, you know, it was it was really a life changing program for me. And and now that I've I've got this this whole other set of toolbox uh, or of tools, uh, I now have the opportunity to take those kind of. Uh, kind of fleeting passing conversations and make them really impactful and really, uh, you know, really even even better because. There are so many things, and, and we talk about this all the time, that if things are going wrong at home, it's going to bleed over into work. And if things are challenging at work, it's going to bleed over into home. And as a life coach now, and as a first responder, I have the tools to be able to address both and allow people to show up the best father, the best husband, the best firefighter, the best person they can possibly be with the tools that we have and the services that we offer. I love it. That was awesome. Um, I, one of the things that, that kind of hit me when you were talking was, uh, was finding your why. I think that I, I love it. I read, uh, Simon's next book, uh, about that. Um, fantastic. Um, he's a great mind, um, you know, in the business world and, uh, really in any, in leadership in general. And, um, that, that question I try to ask a lot of people. Um, you know, when I'm talking to a, to a client or, you know, whatever, especially during this, during this podcast, why did you, why are you doing what you're doing? 
and and most people stop for a second and then they kind of think because they haven't thought of it either in a long time mm-hmm. or it just they they really never put in put it into words right and i think that it's it's so powerful for somebody to to grab hold of of their why and run with it because now you have purpose in what yes. you're doing and yeah. it's so so powerful I'm, I'm glad you brought that up that's a it's it's an amazing question to ask um and i'm sure you guys ask it quite a bit in your coaching sessions um yes. but it, it is super pow- powerful for anyone listening to you know what is your why why are you doing what you're doing why do you want to jump into entrepreneurship why did you become a fireman why did you become a law enforcement officer right. you know these these it's 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 a question that that should be answered and um should be carried with you you know throughout your career so um, very powerful. Um, I would love both your stories. Um, absolutely fantastic. Why, or when we're when we're talking about coaching, and let's say that I was to say, "Hey, I want I want to join your coaching program as as a client," and then we'll we'll get to the uh, certification thing I saw, um, you know, on the website. Uh, so we'll talk about client facing right now. I was, I was to come to you for coaching. What, what does that entail? What are you, what's your goal with it, with your coaching sessions? You can take that. (laughs) So, so it starts very simple. We, we have our our website set up. You go to our website, you say, Hey, I want to get coached. You click it in that information goes to Jen. Jen uh, pairs you up with a coach and you start a relationship that relationship typically involves one 30-minute coaching session per week. That is where we get the most benefit. We get the most growth in that person. And we usually try to set up like a three-month period of time where they're meeting with us every single week. And one of the very first things that we do in our sessions is that we talk about goals. We talk about values. Um, you know, my my one of the tools that I love to use is the Wheel of Life. Um, the Wheel of Life takes a look at... Uh, eight different aspects of your life and you get a chance to rate them. And as a coach, it's very illuminating because I can see in the different places. And even if people are trying to like kind of fib it a little bit and it's all four fives and six, and you kind of see that, um, Mm -hmm. you know, one of the questions I love to ask is like, Hey, you put down a five for your career. Why didn't you choose six? And they're like, Oh, because I'm doing this, I'm doing that, I'm doing that. And then, you know, we, it, it opens up that conversation. And then uh, one, of the, one of my favorite things to do um, uh, in addition to that is doing what's called a thought download. And the thought download is an incredibly powerful tool where um, as the individual, they get to sit down and they get to write out every single thing that's going in their mind, either in a snapshot in time, like right now, or uh, due to an event or an incident. And so uh, like, let's say you you walk into work and you have some sort of uh, a, um, a confrontation or a, a disagreement with somebody at work. Um, after that's done, if you were to, were to have sat down and wrote down everything that's in your mind, and then you take the next step and you separate out the facts from the thoughts. And so, uh, you know, I walked into the station, I said this, the person said that your story becomes very, very boring. And from that that boring story, you can separate out all of those thoughts, those feelings, those reactions, 
And you can look at it. And especially with the help of a coach, you're like, no wonder you were so upset when this person said this, look at all of these thoughts that you're having about that. And so as a coach, when you are, uh, when you're seeing someone, uh, another analogy that I love is uh, it's, it's like um, looking at a 12 lead EKG. So, so as someone that's been staring at one of those for 20 years, I look at an EKG, I look, I know exactly what parts of the heart are being affected. I know the wavelengths, I know everything else because I have training, I have experience, and I've got the time in the seat looking at those to be able to identify those. That is the exact same thing as a coach. So, so you and I can both be listening to the same conversation and through the mind of a coach, I am looking out for those specific words, the things that they're saying, the things that they're not saying, the way in which they're saying it. And I'm writing down all those things. I'm making notes and I'm, and I'm going to be kind of like that obstinate five-year-old that says, why, how come, why, why, why does that bother you? <laughs> and um, all those questions. And, and uh, my goal at it as a coach is to get to the layer or to get beneath those, those kind of surface layers and to create an awareness. And once we have that awareness of, of where we're at with the reason that we're making those decisions, we're in a really, really beautiful place. And that's a place from which we can grow and we can develop and we can foster that coaching relationship. And, you know, the amazing thing about coaching is that it's not supposed to be a codependent relationship forever. We want to give you the tools so that you can coach yourself, that you can recognize when you're having either triggers or things that are coming up so you can mentally prepare yourself and you can recognize when there's an opportunity for you to make a, an amazingly awesome choice or one that's you're probably going to look back and regret later. That's awesome. It, you, have it, you have it laid out in such a way that makes sense really for anybody in, in, in our fields to, to approach you for this. And I think, how do you approach the, or how do you deal with the people that, which is still a lot of people that are in, in our line of work that are very apprehensive to talking? How do you get through to those people? I think relatability is the key. Yeah. I think you've got you've got first responders sitting on the other side of the table. You've got current active and spouses of first responders. We know what the job is like. Even though we didn't run your call in your city, we've been through that before. And I have mm -hmm. so many friends that have been through the traditional uh, therapy and EAP and everything else. And yeah. they spend so much time just explaining what it is that they do, that they miss everything about why it is that they came for uh, a counseling session or a therapy in the first place. And so if you can have someone who has the credentials that has the ability to relate, I think that goes so far in creating and fostering that relationship that it's that first step of, hey, this isn't just another flyer on the wall. This isn't just another um, you know, mental health uh, gimmick. This is, this is real life people that have been living this life for a long time and have a tremendous value to give to first responders. Yeah, that's uh, very important. I mean, I think the likability or the relatability um, yes. is something that goes lengths and bounds with with other first responders because, and I do know of people uh, that sought that traditional therapy route, right? That which which is fine, you know. And there you go. So, but there's no they don't get our jobs. 
you know, yes, they're they're trying to help you. They're doing their job. They are they're they're invested into you. They they want to make sure that you're okay and and going through their you know regimen of um you know their practice. Yes. But they they don't know the calls. That cultural Which, competency is you're absolutely right. Um, that is not something that we get traditionally in our you know first responder counselors um, or you know, or therapists. Um, and like DJ mentioned, like the EAP and like all these organizations, you know, system teams, all these great you know great pieces. Mm-hmm. And sometimes we just we're missing that connection. Um, and so that level of cultural competency within um, within our first responder community and our, our baseline of coaches is something I absolutely wanted to make sure happened. So. I think it's a huge part. Absolutely. Um, what are there common when when you do have clients that uh, that you guys are coaching? Is there a, is there a common theme or a common issue that you guys are seeing across the board with with your clients? We oftentimes uh, we're trained to coach anyone at any time about anything. So oftentimes we have conversations about communication. That's been a real big, um, big piece to our our conversations in coaching. How can we improve communication between home and in work and, and bringing that in and um, improving conversations within your marriages and relationships? Um, because as, as we're learning, if you're not communicating on you know any level, um, that a feeling of being alone, that feeling of not having anyone to talk to or anyone to connect to that understands. Um, can obviously lead to challenges within, you know, the relationships and the marriages and those pieces. So, um, you know, communication being definitely one of the utmost things that we see pretty frequently. Yeah, I could definitely, definitely relate to that one. Um, (laughs) You know, definitely not perfect on my end. There's, uh, (laughs) I I could for sure be communicating better with, uh, with my wife. So, Um, but uh, yeah, I mean, I absolutely, and that's, that's one of the things that I do see around our, around our area as well. It's just communication between spouses and really just, Hey man, I, you know, can I talk to you for a minute? You know, it's hard to, it's hard for, for us to, to do that just because people come to us when there's an emergency. So we're supposed to be the ones that are the cool, you know, the cool heads (laughs) calm, you know, I'm going to fix this for you type person we're all that way that's why we got into this yeah but now when we have an issue it's like well i don't want to i don't want to talk to anybody because i'm supposed to be that person and to get over that mental block is huge and i think that would be something you know something amazing for a person to contact you guys about i mean to get past that mental block and to actually talk and just let it all out to somebody it feels so much better mm-hmm. after that. Yeah, well, that's exactly the premise. You know, we teach our coaches um, that a coaching session should be 80% listening and understanding. It's only 20% of asking powerful questions and encouraging. You have to. We, we yeah. teach our coaches to listen on so many levels. And, and, you know, Don, you mentioned it a bit ago that it's not just what's being said, it's what's not being said. It's also what... Um, you know, what the facial feature, that the nonverbal cues um, that we as coaches are trained to pick up on uh, that lead us down that path of perspective and understanding of where we are um, in those moments um, that ultimately, again, foster great conversations and, and help to improve 
life in, in, in at work and at home and on all areas and all aspects of your life. Um, as, as Don mentioned, the, the wheel, right? You've got those different areas of your life that we can help you improve across the board. Um, so whatever, whatever needs you're finding um, to be important for, for you as an individual, we can support you through it. Yeah, that's amazing. I, I love the question, Don's question about what makes it a five and not a six. Yeah, I thought that was super, super powerful question. And um, I, fantastic. And when we when we're talking about you mentioned coaches, your your coaches that you guys have. Talk to me because I saw that on the website. Talk to me a little bit about uh, the certification process. If someone's looking to become a life coach um, or first responder coach, what what is it? day look like in their life? Um, do they have to have any requirements? Just basically, you know, anything that uh, that you guys want to expand upon, you know, in that particular area of your business? Sure. Um, yep. Our coach certification course, as I mentioned before, is kind of a combination of a bunch of different modalities um, that we've learned. I went back to the person, as I mentioned, who trained me um, and said, hey, we've got other, you know, spouses that are interested in learning how to coach. Let's see if we can put something together. So um, obviously it's, it's progressed. Um, I'm so pumped about, um, the growth in our, in our coaches themselves, that certification process, but we're also, it's a, um, a 12 week program. It's two hours a week. Um, the first hour we actually are using our textbook called coactive coaching, um, kind of our, our tool, um, in that first hour to, to have conversations around that. And then the second hour is coaching. So we keep our class sizes really small for the reason of being able to accommodate everyone's schedule because we know the first responder life and schedules are challenging to navigate sometimes. Very so keeping the classes really small are helpful. They are recorded. So if in fact, you know, you have to miss one, um, you can certainly watch it um, and catch up that way. But then the second hour is all face-to-face -face coaching. So we're in Zoom, in the Zoom world, um, but um, doing coaching right off the bat. So within your classes, you'll have 12 weeks, you know, 12 hours of, of practice coaching um, and watching coaching happening um, throughout the certification course. We also offer monthly trainings, quarterly trainings on some of the larger topics. So financial wellness or, um, you know, time management skills. First Responder Coaching has a wealth of tools um, at our disposal for, again, all areas and all aspects um, of our life coaching practice. So to be able to support everyone um, through anything, you know, whether it's transitions within the job, transitions out of the job, um, you know, transitions within, um, you know, at home, um, whatever that might look like, um, we can certainly support you through. So um, yeah, our coaches are, they're badass, to be honest, <laughs> they're pretty badass when it comes to, to connecting with our first responders and being, again, being first responders, they get it. Yeah. So Absolutely. How many coaches do you guys have now? We've got 36. Um, we got 25 fully trained. We got 11 still who are in, in training right now. Um, but again, from Seattle to DC, um, we also have um, four trainers um, for our coaches. So as more people are interested in learning how to coach, um, we're able to create more classes um, that are going to, to be able to, to, we're able to support that. Um, and we actually do offer, again, that train the trainer potential. So if we've got areas in our country that would really like to bring in a, a train the trainer position and, and have the opportunity to train coaches within a larger area, um, we can absolutely support that as well. That's awesome. It seems like you got 
a decent amount. Um, you got a few in the pipeline, uh, which is awesome. Yeah. What do you, are you seeing an uptick in people, A, wanting coaching and B, wanting to become a, an instructor or a coach themselves? So from the entrepreneurial side, um, I had to navigate, do I want to advertise and make sure that we're getting our coaching partners in for the coaches that we have? Um, or do we want to build up that coach base? So that way, as they're starting to come in, we'll be able to have enough coaches, um, to be able to support them. So to be honest with you, you know, Ryan, the coaching partner piece, we're now finally seeing some movement in, but I wanted to create a foundation of coaches who we knew were ready to go. So the second that this word of coaching as being brand new, I mean, it's still brand new, right. Um, and, and being the proactive piece, getting the word out now has just been phenomenal. So we are seeing a very large increase in, um, in people interested in learning how learning um, or, or to be coached, but as well as um, learning to coach. So it's been a really exciting month and couple months here. And I know that as the summer continues, it's going to be, again, pretty, pretty busy here. <laughs> That's great. It's great to hear. I'm glad that that people are interested in doing it. I'm glad that people are seeking you guys out for, for yes. help. Right. And I think you guys are in a very unique unique niche, unique space, right? I mean, you both have experience, um, you on the spouse side, Don on the, on the, on the actual service side, it makes a great combination, you know, in regards to the coaching and having both aspects and covering both aspects, you know, in your, um, in your practice. Um, you know, I do, I do think that it's, it's also hard to run a business while, also having your full-time careers, right? I, I it's v- sometimes it's very difficult for myself. I'm in the exact same shoes. I have a lot on my plate. I wear a lot of hats. Um, yeah, and I'm still very involved at the fire department too, with different committees and pension and um, honor guard and stuff like that. So, yes. you know, we, there comes a point where, you know, you got to figure out a way to manage it all. And, at least for me, time management has been a huge, uh, was a huge issue at first. It, I'm getting better at it. You know, it's it's a work in progress. You know, none of us are perfect, but having a system to where you can balance your your job, your career, and family. Is there anything that that either of you have that you would love to share with the audience to say, Hey, this really worked for me or Hey, don't do this. Um, <laughs> just a- anything in general. So the, the cool thing about time is that there's 24 hours in a day. There's seven days in a week. Time does not need to be managed. It'll manage itself just fine. What we need to do is we need to manage our priorities and we want to make the most of the time that we have and have the greatest impact possible. And so a lot of times what we'll do is we'll do that same concept of a, uh, a thought download with mm-hmm. a goal download. And so let's let's write down every single goal you have from every aspect of your life. And then let's organize that in priorities. And what it's easy to say is that my family's my number one priority, yet I spend 56 hours at work and then I've got this going on. I've got that going on. I've got this going on and I leave nothing left for my family. 
And so one of the things that I learned in my school was what we called Monday hour one. And Monday hour one is where you look at your schedule and you you prioritize all the most important things or, or well, first, you're going to put down the things that are non-negotiable. You've got mm-hmm. your, your work schedule, you've got uh, your appointments, all those different things. And then you're going to intentionally block off time that you're going to be spending with the people that are most important to you. And you're going to put those in first. And then you, after that, you're going to schedule all of your other things. Hey, this is when I've got focus time. This is when I'm doing my interviews. This is when I've got everything else. Because if you do it the other way around, you've got no time left for what you indicated as the most important person or people in your life. And then you're struggling to find that time to allocate for those people. And I think if you approach something as simple as that, where it's like, hey, at five o'clock, the computer goes off, the phone goes off, everything goes off. And no matter what I've got going on, it'll wait until Monday or Saturday or whatever it is, then it's up to you to hold yourself accountable to that. Are, Are you the type of person that keeps your word with those that are most important to you? Or is that text, that phone call, that email, does that supersede the values that you've, that you've already set? And I think sometimes if we can just frame our, our priorities and our scheduling and all of those things properly, that when, when it's focus time for you to do your job, you're actually going to get more done. And when it's time to spend with your family, you're there 100%. You don't have 75% of your brain still thinking about that email that you have to send, that text that you have to respond to, that appointment that you have coming up, because you know that you're going to hold yourself accountable that at you know at nine o'clock tonight, I'm going to give myself 15 minutes to check my email real quick, check my text real quick, because my girls are already off to bed, or I've got, I've, I've pre-dedicated that time. And the amazing thing is that when you schedule all of your free time in advance, it makes all the other time that you have even more productive, and you're even better at both sides of the house. I love it. I absolutely love it. Um, yeah, and that's how you create that work-life balance. Those are like buzzwords, right? It was like work-life balance, work-life balance. Well, what does that look like? Who actually like knows what that looks like? Um, and so, Don, thank you for that because it's an exactly a great example of of what we can do to help support someone gain, you know, maintain and gain that that balance. It's awesome. Yeah, a hundred percent. I I love the uh, setting the priorities. I mean, what what in whatever it is that day, right? You know, you have to answer this email. I got to call. Uh, John Doe, I got to call her, I got to call him. And I, I think it's it's super powerful for anybody that has multiple things that's going on, right? Like we all do. And, and that's <laughs> most of the listeners that on this show are going to be that way. They have a lot going on. They need, they need to hear random tips and, and tricks and, and, you know, what worked for you, what didn't work for you. And everything that you guys have said today has been incredible. And Let's see here. What else do I have for you? We'll edit this part out. Um, all right. So I've I've got an uh, an analogy for yeah, um, how uh, how coaching is different than a lot of the CISD and everything else. Whenever, uh-huh. whenever you're ready. Yeah. Shoot. Go ahead. So so the the value that coaching brings 
is similar to the difference between a smoke detector and a sprinkler system. So when you have a, a smoke detector, it's going to be able to detect those invisible particles of combustion, and it's going to alert you to when a fire is small. And then you've got a sprinkler system that every single thing in the room has to be fully involved in order to raise that temperature up high enough to be able to deploy that uh, extinguishing agent. And so in coaching, we are those smoke detectors. We are going to be detect those invisible products of combustion, those invisible dangers, all of those invisible things that are causing a problem and we're able to address it when it's small. If we wait for all of our mental health needs for that fire to be fully involved to access that sprinkler system and to extinguish that, uh, that fire, then we, it's very possible that if you're not going to be able to put that put that genie back in the bottle. You're not going to be able to get back to that functional, uh, well-rounded person at whatever stage of they, their life they are. And I think that's the value of coaching and that's what we bring to the table. And I think that there's, you know, there are other, uh, there are other uh, avenues out there, the CISD programs, the clinical, all that kind of stuff. But, you know, if you're waiting to have to, forcibly admit one of your firefighters into a psychiatric hold in order to get them help, uh, you've, you've missed multiple uh, areas of opportunity to get them back to where they are functioning healthy firefighters. Yeah. Awesome way to put it, especially for people in the fire service that, <laughs> that will make complete sense. Yes. And actually I used that analogy, Don, the other day, um, we were at the New England Fire Chief um, Expo and conference um, and so having conversations with fire chiefs across the, the Eastern seaboard here um, was amazing. And that's exactly something, you know, I, we are the early warning system, period. Um, and they were like, oh yeah, like, why are we waiting for the reactive? Why is it always react? We need to be that proactive. We, we prepare, we got our boots and our pants ready to go. So we're ready the second we need to. Why aren't we having these conversations now um, before, before we need to, to, again, put the sprinklers on or whatever that might look like. Um, so that was a great analogy. Thank you. I use yeah. it often. <laughs> Fantastic. And I think that's such an issue with first responders in general, just we've always been accustomed to being reactionary. We need to move that needle into the opposite direction, not only with mental health. I mean, there's many other things that I'm sure uh, are very relatable between law enforcement and police and, and um, or law enforcement and fire. But we need to move that needle into the other direction. I think you guys are doing an amazing job putting this out there for people to to utilize as a resource and say, hey, we're here for you. We want to help you live a better life. When it comes to those points of friction or those points of difficulty, we're we're approaching the departments themselves and selling them a massively discounted session, uh, uh, session price to be able, able to get 25 sessions in a package. And I think that um, departments say all the time that they value mental health, that they, they know that their employee is their most valuable resource. And so we're selling packages of 25 uh, sessions to directly to our agencies. And if your department is anything like, like mine, one overtime shift that we can prevent utilizing our coaching packages are going to more than cover the cost of 25 sessions. And, you know, I, I know that there's chiefs out there 
that have to balance both sides, that they have to balance uh, financially and the well-being of their people. And uh, as, as an entrepreneur, as, as a business associate, as someone who's involved in this, if we can demonstrate um, or if we can provide a, an opportunity to save mental health days by utilizing our services, the, the program sells itself. Thank you. Yes, in conversations about retention rates and overall general happiness on the job. Um, you know, uh, we have conversations about um, you know longevity in the career at that level at that point too. So um, to be able to offer this department package um, again at pretty reduced rates, um, significantly reduced rates, um, that opens the door for conversations and then to hear from your own people inside your own department saying, this is great, we need some more. Um, it would be really filter in um, that understanding that coaching is that proactive piece that we we are missing right now. Oh, that's, that's fantastic. I, you know, there's, I'm sure you're going to have, you know, any department, right? It doesn't matter where, who, or what. Um, I think that there's always going to be that that pushback from a few of the members, not all of them. And then there, there probably is going to be the majority and even the silent majority that are 100% behind that because maybe they're battling their own personal battles that no one knows about, right? They're quiet yes. about it. They're happy. They're right. goal-lucky. And um, to be able to bring that in and say, man, you just kind of answered my prayers. I've been looking for you know, something along these lines and yeah. boom, now here you guys are to fill that void. Yeah. Awesome. And, and, and think about the contrast between a CISD uh, debriefing and a coaching yep. session. And so right. in a coaching session, you're, you're private, you're confidential. No one has to know that you're using this service and you can talk about anything, whether that's at home or work or anything. In a CISD, it's in a group setting Everybody knows what's going on. It's very difficult for people to share anything other than specifically what their part was in that event. And very few people feel comfortable sharing those feelings with a group of their peers because they're worried about being thought of differently. You know, this guy's weak. This guy, you know, shouldn't be in this job anymore. You know, I listened to a podcast yesterday and they flat out said that if you struggled on the job, you shouldn't be here. And we can't have that. Because we have amazing people that have invested their time, effort, energy for their entire life to be able to serve others. And they yeah. just need a little bit of support. And they don't need to be you know, shown the door because a call or several calls bother them. And I think that's amazing. And I'm, I'm glad that I was able to meet you guys. I'm glad that we got connected. I hope we have you know conversations in the future. You know, I definitely want to stay connected and you know, talk a little bit further about, uh, you know, the coaching side of your business. And, you know, hopefully we can get this, you know, out to everybody in the country that needs it. So um, where can people find information about your business? So they can check out our website. Um, it is 1strespondercoaching.org. Um, we have access on our, our Facebook group. Um, again, 1st Responder Coaching. Um, we also have, um, you know, my number that anyone can reach at any time, 978-616-7989. Uh, please reach out at any point, any time um, for us to be able to support you. Awesome. 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 Well, I just wanted to thank both of you again so much for taking the time out of your busy schedules to come on and, and share your story. Um, I think it's, it's a very powerful story. I think it's a very, it's a very well needed thing 
in our lines of work. And I'm glad to be able to help you push this message out there to other first responders that might be that might be looking for you guys as their answer. So I'm 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 super excited about this episode. Can't wait for it to for for it to air. And again, thank you for the time um, you know that you've taken out today. Uh, we'll have all your business contact information in the show notes. And it was a pleasure having both of you on. Thank you so much. Thank you. Ryan. Appreciate it. Thank you for listening to the First Do Entrepreneurs podcast. If you like our show, please hit that subscribe button below and leave a five-star review. If you're a first responder that also runs a business or maybe you're looking to start a business, check out our Facebook group for tips. Thank you again for listening and we'll see you on the next episode.